Hello everybody and welcome to the West Coast Post and I am your host Adam McQueen you can follow me on Twitter at West Coast Post Up and we're here on a Wednesday October 25th all the games have just finished up here and we're gonna break down all the biggest news from the night and the week in the NBA let's go a good amount to me like I said, there's different amounts. How many? Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Why I would never wear a big baller shirt. No, I didn't Don't say that. Don't talk to me, but I heard you say I'm not going to I said that I... You're a great reporter, just not reporting on me. Next. Well, next. Well, next. Well, next. Well, let me tell you something. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. All right, and join with me is my co-host, We the North, Graham Turner. How uh, how'd the games go tonight? The Raptors had a close loss that was heartbreaking to say the least. Another couple, DeMar DeRozan, ISOs, gone awry. It's two steps forward, three fadeaway steps back here <laughs> at, uh, at at the Raptors, the Raptors head organization. I mean, Masai Ujiri, great podcast today with our... Well, probably our media surrogate, some sort of guy who probably looks up to us, Bill Simmons. We have a statue of him. Well, I would say he probably has a statue of us. Probably some <laughs> sort of flex that we're doing. Maybe taking a knee for America. I don't know. You never know. You never know. Harden against Covington. Harden giving it up. Gordon thinking three for the win. Yes. And the Rockets steal one tonight. Let's get started with some of the quick hits that we have here tonight. For sure. What do you got, Greg? All right. First quick hit is coming to you. It's just a, it's just a quick job here, okay? It's not, it's not a full haymaker. Here's the first quick hit. Bad teams beating good teams. Tonight was a topsy-turvy night. There was a couple couple favorites that, that took it home. The Golden State Warriors, uh, among others, laying. Yeah, they, they won. I guess they won a basketball <laughs> game. But, I mean, the Nets beat the Cavs. LeBron blocked by Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. I think, judging by... Judging by the title that we had last week, I think Ronnie Hollis Jefferson owns LeBron now. I think he gets to go home. He gets to live in LeBron's house. He gets to sleep in his bed. Well, we will we'll talk about Ronnie Hollis Jefferson in our Alpha Rankings later on. Another undefeated team that went down was your own, the Grin and Grind, the, the I ageless. didn't see this happen. Did this happen? The ageless. Well, it's, it's more of a question of like... You know, if a tree falls in the forest, if a grizzly falls in the forest, if Chandler Parsons breaks his ACL and no one's around to hear it, did it really happen? Well, it was Chandler's birthday today, and he got the rest. They gave him the, his birthday off. He was sipping mimosas on the sideline and was having his own little Chancun party on the bench. So he wasn't too bothered by the loss, but whatever, the year is over. 81-1, and one, that's the goal now. I think that... I mean, it was probably expected for the Grizzlies to go undefeated this year. I The fact that they haven't here, they've lost to a pretty poor Dallas Mavericks team. That's got to be cause for concern here. Press the panic button? Panic button? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, we, had, we had a couple other underdogs win, or so-called underdogs, as you say, with Charlotte taking care of Denver easily, 110-93. Well, the score makes it look closer than it actually was. And Detroit as well, dismantling Minnesota, the so-called super team. Uh, a, a team that I really enjoy watching who got it done tonight is the Detroit Pistons. And I think that they're maybe going to be better than people said. You know, sinking to a playoff spot. Why is that? I think Sam Van Gundy 
might be a good coach still. I you think. had him on the hot seat two days ago. Why? The seat's warm. It's a warm seat. They got seat warmers. What, you think he's poor? It's Detroit's cold. You think all Dan Gilbert is It's cold in the stadium. You see that. It's empty seats. Nobody in there. Yeah, well, it's some sort of... I don't know how you pronounce it. Pyramid scheme? <laughs> what, in the Little Caesars Arena? I mean... That's got to that, be the worst stadium name. The fact that it's the house that Pepperoni built doesn't go well for the Detroit Pistons. But no, I mean, I think they're good. They, they had a gutsy victory there. I don't know. Some some good wins for some underdogs here in the NBA. Um, the second quick hit here is more of a maybe a right wait. Hand. I want to get on this. How yeah. are these upsets? Do we know who's good or bad yet? Well, I mean, you look at the Nets beating the Cavs, and you think regularly the Nets would not beat the Cavs, but I mean, they did beat the Cavs. It's so. a new world. LeBron plays point guard now. Well, I mean, the only other point guard they got on the roster right now is Jose Calderon. And let me tell you. That's some good shit. <laughs> <laughs> what, Jose Calderon point point guard? What would you rather have? Jose Calderon at point guard for you now or Andrea Bargnani, 06 Bargnani as your starting center? Well, it's funny that you bring He's up... He's before his time. He was a real stretch five. He was Porzingis before Porzingis, really. It's funny that you're going to bring up Papa Primo because he was my next quick hit. And <laughs> I don't know how closely you follow Bargnani Twitter. I, I follow it very closely. I have notifications. Whenever someone mentions Andrea Bargnani on Twitter... You have a tracker. You have Find My Friends, Andrea Bargnani. It's more phone. of a, like a person that follows him around. Uh, some sort of private investigator. I don't know. It's not a big deal or anything. We don't need to ask too many questions about it. But Andrea Bargnani was spotted in Toronto today. And I just want to say, with Jonas Valanciunas going down, you know, the Raptors definitely want to contend for the East this year. Is Papa Primo the missing pe- the missing ingredient? The missing <laughs> ingredient in the sauce for the Raptors? Do they need Andrea Bargnani? Is he coming back? I can't believe you're keeping a straight face while discussing I this. think it's more like novelty at this point. It's like, oh, you remember that thing that, like, you really didn't like it first, but now that it's gone for a while, like you don't see things like that that bad anymore. It's like if an annoying friend goes away and they contact you And on then Facebook. you look back on him fondly. Oh, he was actually kind of funny. Like, everyone said he was annoying, but he was kind of funny. And then you spend more than five minutes with him again, and you're like, no, this person fucking sucks. It's like, oh, I remember why I didn't like him anymore. I remember those 27-foot jump shots that he used to take. I remember the... The gormless expressions. But, I mean, you know, he went to the Knicks, and he essentially built what is like the Raptors right now. Yeah. Single-handed. Maybe it was an inside job all along, and now he's coming back. I think that that could be. It's sort of like a homing beacon, and when he gets activated, he just returns to the CN Tower. <laughs> Andrea Bargnani <laughs> is, is he a robot? Allegedly, you can't <laughs> you can't deny it. All right, I have a quick hit as well. We touched on it a little bit earlier there, but uh, point LeBron, point guard LeBron. There is a new number one point guard in the league, and it's the guy who's been the best player in the league for the last ten years. Who would have thunk it? Well, I mean, it's just hard when you take LeBron away from the basket that much just because he is so efficient down there. But he's definitely the best passer on the team right now. And if they need him to play point guard, he's probably going to play point guard. I enjoy him at point guard, even though the team is... People aren't discussing how poor his supporting cast is right now. They are not a good team besides him. And that is a generalization. I Okay, but they're... (laughs) There are some glaring weaknesses in their team. But what I'm appreciating about it is I think we've taken LeBron for granted too long. It's kind of like, you know when you live at home and you have food cooked for you all the time, you've got your laundry set out and your bed's made, and then suddenly you go to university and you're just broke. you like got a six-day hangover 
and you don't know what you you have no for you got midterm the next day you don't know what's going on the world is hectic well i think that having lebron back we can appreciate him again for his point guard lebron you get all these highlights with him you have him completely doing literally everything with the ball for him and i think it's what he's doing the versatility what he's doing could you imagine this like in another sport could you imagine if like eli manning was like all right this next drive, we're going to have you play slot receiver. Run, run a go route, Eli Manning. What, what would happen? Have you ever like, seen people a don't man appreciate how versatile this guy is. You're asking what would happen if Eli Manning plays slot receiver. Let me tell you, have you ever seen a man blow up both of his ACLs in one single step? Because that's exactly what you come over the middle one time, and it'd be crazy. But to go back to the original point about LeBron playing point guard, what this reminds me of, and you. You mentioned it. I mean, he does not have the strongest supporting cast in the league right now. And when you look at a team like Golden State and you look at, I mean, the Celtics with a Hayward injury definitely got weakened. But, like, to be honest with you, some teams in the East that could be interesting. Milwaukee could be interesting. Washington could be interesting. Like, a couple of trades to be made, you never know. And I don't know. He's got a lot of veterans on that team that might not be able to pull it together. But, but what this reminds me of is... LeBron's last season in Cleveland before he left to Miami when his supporting cast really wasn't that hot. Are you saying Daniel Booby Gibson wasn't a sufficient role player? I'm saying that maybe he's come as far as he can with this group of guys. And if he doesn't make the finals this year, uh, you know, the, the streak speaks for itself. But if he can't make the finals this year, maybe he's like, you know what, throw me another Comic Sans document, I'm out of here. And Dan Gilbert's just left holding the... Holding the briefcase with nothing in it. <laughs> All right. Well, you got one more quick hit? I got one more quick hit. It's uh, the San Antonio Spurs have been regarded across the league as like kind of the factory for undeveloped talent to go and become these standout dudes. And I mean, the most prominent example is Kawhi Leonard. And, you know, people have been in that mold. Tony Parker wasn't much heralded. Manager Nobly, these guys were not, you know, regarded as top talent. But they've become a factory, and you look like Jonathan Simmons living last year. What I want to know is, has this mantle been quietly passed to the Golden State Warriors? You look at guys like Ian Clark, who's gone to the Pelicans, who's really not doing that much for him. He was a key cog in their, in their both their finals victories, and more so in the last one for sure. And you look at other guys that are leaving the Golden State factory, and I don't know, are they the new Spurs? No. For this reason... The when you play for the Warriors, you have this 15 foot open space radius around you as they guard four of the top 20 players in the league. You're literally in a gym on your own, just shooting jump shots. You're right. you're offered so much space that it's really you're just kind of there. You're just there to add up numbers and knock down your shots. And I like Ian Clark a lot, and it seems like he was. He may not be as good as he looked when he had Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green surrounding him. That's all I'm going to say. Whereas the Spurs, I don't know. I, I, They don't have the same caliber of talent, and it's been proven for a longer period of time that they get the best out of players, older players, players that might have been considered washed up before. Rudy Gay got 20 point, 22 points today. Pau Gasol hitting lead-leading three-point percentage shooter last year. They, they change, they develop players, and they bring them from the dead. They rise them from the ashes. The White Walkers, they don't stop. 
I mean, there was a Bleacher Report video that had the San, Inter- San Antonio Spurs as White Walkers. So there you go. That's an app comparison. See, I'm having, I didn't even know that. Subliminal messaging. Are there are robots in our heads? <laughs> what, Bleacher Report? Yeah. Just drilling my... I'm getting notifications pop up as I wake up now. It's like, yeah. It's like you can't escape the Bleacher Report. Anyway, sorry. Uh, but, I mean, you look at a guy like Jordan Bell, who was traded for literal money. Like, cash in a yeah. bag, like the Monopoly man on the front of the watch. <laughs> like, literally a guy with a monocle brings you this bag of money. And, and then he, he enters in the dunk comp. Man, he threw a dunk off the backboard yesterday. And you know what? Bullshit that Rick Carlisle is all offended. Dude, your team's getting spanked. Jordan Bell, yeah, if you can throw it off the backboard and If I paid 27 room, grand to go watch the Warriors play, I would want to see at least four alley-oop dunks off the backboard to yourself. Really. I'd want to see them do the sort of trampoline halftime show where they jump off the trampoline and do Speaking spins. of which, I have a bone bit. That's another quick hit here. I have watched far too many of these trampoline dunks. They're getting worse and worse. They don't even do a front flip dunk anymore. It's like They're barely doing tomahawks, and they miss half of them now. You know, First I, of all, Red Panda's <laughs> lost all of her t- talent. Let She's me, hold on, hold down. on, hold on, hold on. On the dunk people, I think... Adam Silver has to step in because these trampoline dunkers are one and dunners coming out of college. And they just don't have the talent that they used to have. You've got to develop them. Yeah, you've got to develop them. And I just, I want to see them enter into... One torn ACL and they don't I want to see them enter into a moral and ethical program like an NCAA men's college basketball program. Where they can be their true academic selves and reach their potential not only as an athlete but as a human being. Rick Pitino, get at me. Fair enough. Speaking of Rick Pitino. Rick Pitino, we have our Wednesday weekly awards. And the MVP chance go up for Steph Curry. The first one I guess we'll go with, beautiful tie-in here, is the Rick Pitino Integrity Award for a player, a person, just someone in the NBA that has represented good sportsmanship, good character, and is really just acting in the best interests of everyone involved in the NBA community. And Graham, who do we have today? Well, I just want to preface this with, as the true American, Kurt Angle once said, and let me just say, if you don't think that Kurt Angle is a true American, <laughs> yeah. you can you can get at me, because true Ang- Kurt Angle is a true American. You get one Patriot lock, and you'll be changing your mind as, very quickly. As Kurt Angle once said, and many times, actually, intensity, integrity, intelligence. I'm a true American. And that's what Rick Pitino is. And you know what? People may say, yeah, sure, he he allegedly got fired from Louisville for some getting investigated by the FBI, whatever that means. I've never heard of that before. No, he removed himself beforehand. Yeah, he resigned because he's a classy guy. He's not going to put the program... At jeopardy. Through that kind of jeopardy, even though, you know, I mean, come on, Rick Pitino is Louisville basketball. Without that, like... Man, he creates some sustainable athletes. Teddy Bridgewater went to Louisville. Never had a health issue in his life. The guy has huge integrity. Rick Pitino, I stand behind him. Where? The, the... Where do I stand behind him? <laughs> a little bit to the left, so I can get a good look over his shoulder. Anyway, the Rick Pitino Integrity Award this week goes to Markel Fultz's agent. And if you're following the Markel Fultz saga somewhat closely, you'll know that three days ago, his agent said that he had fluid drained from his shoulder. He today backtracked on those comments and said that he had fluid injected into his shoulder, which seems like you should know the difference. You know, <laughs> like it's the tides. The tides goes in, you can't, the tide goes out. You can't explain that. You can't explain why he would not know the difference between the fluid going in and the fluid going There's out. There's a whole PR negotiating tactic, though. He was playing bad cop, bad cop with it all. Oh, well, bad cop, bad cop's a good strategy, but you got to know when to use it. 
I, you don't think this is the time or place? I mean, it's tough. You need another sort of guy to play the other back cop. If you're doing both, it's just one dude being a back cop. <laughs> and that's it's all like a do. poor SNL skit or something. Yeah, well, I mean, it's all SNL skits because SNL sucks, but yeah. Go on. Whoa, controversial. Hot nah, take. Come on, who really finds SNL funny except for 50-year-old white men? Realistically, <laughs> get at me. <laughs> what, but what's wrong with Fultz's agent? What? Why does he deserve this award? Sorry, not what is wrong. What character did he show what integrity well, what intelligence and intensity did he bring he brought he brought the fact that he is he has the integrity of a lion because he's willing to say two completely different things and stand behind them both and that is what a rick patino strategy would be he'd be like sure i might have invited hookers to the team locker <laughs> sure she might have you know made me do something down my leg but we're not here to debate those facts allegedly facts allegedly allegedly <laughs> and what i just want to say is like Rick Pitino is an integral dude, and he knows that you don't kiss and tell. Unless Why? you have to but get investigated by the FBI. I and Marco Fultz has, you know, has the integrity to stand behind both those statements. Fultz's agent deserves the award, fair enough. But what are the Sixers doing in this situation? They have this external pressure on them. There's this microscope on them after this whole process. And the, the, the first open, deliberate tanking job. And they've, they've acquired all these talents... And they've pre- preached patience. That has been the mantra. And you know what? As much as people rep him for it, they have Ben Simmons, who looks incredible. And B, if he stays healthy, is incredible. They've got still got more assets in the tank in the draft. And they have this number one pick that seems beforehand that people are all pretty much in agreement that he is going to be a good, at, at worst, a good scorer, a good shooter. And... Why rush into it now? Why play him these three games? Why why even go down this whole rabbit hole and just create this controversy? Did they, did, why do they feel like they need to win now? I just want to say this about the 76ers. There's no one I would trust less with my basketball team <laughs> oh, this is as my young, high draft picks mature into this sort of rocky time with you got to have very careful PR, very careful management, than... The guy who drafted Andrea Bargnani, Brian Colangelo. And the fact that they took this team out of Sam Hickey's hands after he essentially acquired all the pieces and gave it to someone who I watched absolutely mutilate the Toronto Raptors it's- for several years, for the better part of a decade, hiring terrible coach after terrible coach and drafting and putting into pieces like that were abhorrent. It's like when you're, you, I don't know, when you're a little, do you ever have those like older school bullies when you're just like kind of playing football, throwing around, having a good time, everyone's getting along, it's a great game of football, and then this older kid just comes in and just punts the ball out, sp- spikes it. It's like lending O.J. Simpson money. It's just like something you should not do in your life. It's just like, man, don't give Brian well, Colangelo a basketball team. He just kind of strong-armed his way in there. Don't, don't wear white after Labor Day. Don't give LeBar a ball of microphone. Don't whoa, 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 whoa. Retract that statement. Stay in your lane. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Brian Colangelo should not have a basketball team, especially one as talented as a Philadelphia 76ers. So I just want to say uh, that Marco Fultz's agent, I hope you bring some integrity I, to that organization because it needs it. I think uh, one thing I heard on the Low Post podcast when they had uh, when he had his guest on today, I, I, the name is slipping me right now. It was... Um, ben. Ben Falk? Ben, ben Falk. Ben Falk. So if I'm butchering it, my bad. But what he, one of the, the most interesting points he had was, granted, Hinky made mistakes, and he didn't pick the best people, but 
I would debate that. What do you mean he didn't pick the best people? He picked Jalil Okafor, too. Sure. He also picked Joel Embiid. Yes, he picked Joel Embiid. That's, that came to him on a platter at three. You take Embiid if you're doing a rebuild. But what I'm saying is, what uh, what Hinky did was, and the organization itself, and I think a lot of these teams are starting to do this panic, and they make these quick, short-sighted trades in order to save their own job. They're not looking at the actual team success and how the team builds. And because everyone has such a quick trigger in a lot of professional sports, people, uh, front office owners, GMs are all trying to make these quick fix solutions just to save their job for another month. And it comes back to bite them in the ass later on. And I think that this is a case of it. If Hinky was still the GM, he would not have let the shitstorm come over. I mean, he did write, essentially, the Unabomber Manifesto when he <laughs> left the organization. If you haven't read it, go read the Sam Hinkie memo. It is, uh, it's an outstanding piece of fiction. It's just like, you should be nominated for the Pulitzer. Anyway, I, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that... I don't want to get too too far down this. We were, we were talking about Fultz's agent, but... We were talking about integrity, intensity, intelligence at the beginning. And I'm just saying Brian Colangelo displays none of those qualities. <laughs> so, I mean, if I were a 76ers fan, I'd be cautiously, very cautiously optimistic about their, mm-hmm. their future. Okay. Chances. All right. And we have our next award, which is the Courage and Valor Award. Courage and Valor are two things that I think we probably have in spades. I consider myself a courageous and... Valor, I'm valorious. Valorious. I'm voluptuous. Victorious. One of those things. All of them. The triple V. It's it's like a V neck, but there's three of them. It's cool. You haven't seen it. Johnny Depp wears them. Anyway, the courage and valor are just things that are important as a as a human. And you know when you when you look at our armed forces, finding out there there's a war. There's two wars going on. There's a lot of wars going on. There's a couple. I saw on Facebook. Yeah, Facebook told me that there was, might be a war going on. But that could have just been some sort of Clash of Clans ad, maybe. I don't know. It's, <laughs> the internet's confusing. Anyway, courage and valor are two things that you need in the NBA. And you look at a guy like, I don't know, Ron Artest or Lamar Odom or someone who just has courage and valor, and you just look at them and you say, that's someone I want to be when I grow up. You know? Uh, yeah, we could chuck in the aforementioned Steve Francis as well. C. Francis is a legend. I mean, Allen Iverson is someone I'd probably look up to and say, that guy... That's the mold we're looking for. That guy spent $75,000 on one night at a strip club. Like, but I he shared to it that. to his teammates. Yeah, that's true. No man left alone. That's that's a quote I can well, live by. Were his I, teammates the girls or the guys he played basketball with? Hey, it's 21st century. They both could be. Yeah, so we have the Courage and Valor War and... Who better to embody the Courage and, Courage and Valor Award? And I think it may end up in the future being named after him. The, we're going to have to give this to TJ McConnell. Because first and foremost, any man that can get as many steals as points in a game must have Courage and Valor. And today, TJ got six steals and six points, which is which is bonkers, first of all. And it was the most ludicrous of steals. I think he must have had three off of inbounds passes. And this is good enough. This is that's grit. That's heart. It's hustle, is what it is. It's just showing determination to make a play. And you know, he might not be the tallest guy. He might not be the strongest guy. He might not be the quickest guy out there. Or but, the best basketball player. But 
I'll be damned if that man doesn't have heart and courage and fucking valor and <laughs> grit. You tell me. You, you you call me a liar? Watch watch the clip where he just stands and he's blue in the face and he's screaming at Joel Embiid after he hits this shot. Uh, well, he's looking up. He's on his tippy toes, looking up at him like a kid looking at his dad, screaming at him, and tell me that that man does not have courage. Also, what is more courageous than helping out your veterans? And in the game today, he made a great steal, fast break, laid it off to Amir Johnson for a fast break, clean, easy dunk. Amir thought he was 24 and playing for the Pistons again, went for some sort of free throw line dunk, and failed miserably, fell on his backside. Looking a fool, the laughing stock of the NBA. Who comes to the rescue? The man himself, TJ McConnell. He steals the ball immediately and is sitting under the hoop alone. Instead of taking an easy left, he just hands the ball to Amir, lets him redeem himself. Easy dunk, easy two points. And then proceeds to scream in his face as well. And that's something I can get behind, so I'll be rooting for the Sixers from now on out. TJ McConnell, you are the inaugural. TJ McConnell, <laughs> Courage and Valor winner. Congratulations. All right, and the last award, it's more of a ranking. We have a we have our alpha power rankings. It's kind of congruent with our own personal MVP rankings. They kind of interchange. The whole alpha ranking system is very fluid. It changes minute to minute in the NBA world. It's like Bitcoin. You guys just probably wouldn't understand it. I understand Bitcoin, but you guys probably wouldn't. Do it's not super, delve into our insider trading it's tactics. It's super complicated, yeah. and it involves... It's too highbrow for you listeners. It's like Mr. Robot in real life. Just stay away. Yeah. But we'll synthesize it for you. We're Imagine analysts. Inception on LSD. Yeah, you guys... It, it Yeah. Don't worry about it. You guys, you can't use that terminology. It's math. Anyway. Our power rankings. Anyways, we'll do the top five. So we have number five is LeVar Ball, just for obvious reasons. He stayed there. He's like that hit number one that's that's still in the rankings. He's still in the top ten of the music like billboards, even though the song came out three years ago. He'll just constantly be hovering around these rankings. Number four, we have Joel Embiid because... He hit a bank three, and if nothing is more ballsy than that... I think that, to be honest with you, he reminded me of a young Graham Turner out there, just calling glass, taking names, hitting jumpers. I bring the ruckus to the ladies. Bringing the ruckus to the ladies. He had an okay game. He started off really well, actually. He, uh, he started off well and ended well. It's just that whole... Second and third quarter, like half of the game. But who even wants? He he's a man that just basically. He's an NBA fan's dream because so many of the Fairweather fans don't really want to watch the second and third quarter. The second and third quarter is like the middle of a movie. It's like just show me the characters are and then get on with it. You know what I mean? Get to the explosions. Yeah, more explosions, less talking, please. Um, yeah, no, he had, a re- he had a really good game, but that none of that matters. He's number four for his bank three, because that was badass. Did you see the Rockets' reaction, the coaching staff? Yeah. Then Tony's mustache just blew away after that. He was just flabbergasted. It might be one of those. It could be a Halloween costume. What if Mike D'Antoni is a slender, slender, thin man? He's slender man? Oh. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> right. conspiracy theory. my mind. <laughs> uh, number three, we have Rondé Hollis Jefferson for... Not just blocking, rejecting, swatting, 
the measly point guard LeBron James is layup all over the arena. And you watch this one live, Turner. So what was it like? Give me a play-by-play on how that happened live. It was like an out-of-body experience where I could see myself watching the game. And Rodney Hollis Jefferson was beside me, but then he blocked my watching myself, so I had to return to my body. It was crazy. You were LeBron in the situation? I was everybody of in the situation. Of all situations to dream you were LeBron, it was you getting blocked by Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Well, I, it's very hard for me to relate to the other things that LeBron does, but I can relate to getting blocked. So <laughs> it's like, I can, I can kind of get into it, you know? It's like, it's uh, too hard to, to figure do out the rest. We, Do we want to talk about the Nets winning? We already talked about it. Yeah, I, I take, but I retract my statement that if you win least valuable player, you should have to watch their games because their games are exciting. They've got, they just have a bunch of swingmen out there. They have a bunch of two guards. They chuck threes at a ridiculous pace. They won without D'Angelo Russell today. They play an exciting style of basketball. I like where they're going. They are not in disarray like some of the other franchises. Are the, the Brooklyn Nets the New York Jets of the NBA, where as soon as they really don't give a shit anymore, they start winning? <laughs> Is that it? Like, it's, have you you seen that? I've, I've had a couple friends, though. It's like... They, they, that's they, a lie. They, uh, yeah. <laughs> I've had acquaintances. Yeah. People and they, they struggle. They go on these, like... They go on these dry streaks and they get stressed out. They can't... They can't get... They can't meet a girl. They can't lock down a girlfriend. And then it's, as soon as that... Switch is flicked, and they're like, I don't give a shit. They stop, they stop shaving. They, they don't shower sometimes. And then all of a sudden, there's this weird reverse psychology. The girls become attracted to them for this. Is that, think, is that what's happening with the Brooklyn Nets right now? I think it's all to do with like pheromones and aphrodisiacs, eating a lot of oysters. I, I don't even use deodorant anymore. I just rub oysters on myself. <laughs> I'm swimming in it. Number two in the Alpha Power Rankings, we have David Stern, ex-commissioner David Stern. For on Also, I, I want to see this interview, this full interview, and an interview with Al Harrington. David Stern said he wishes that marijuana use should be legalized in the NBA, and he advocates for the use of marijuana and medical, medical marijuana in the NBA. Well, everyone has, you know, sleeping problems. Well, who are you to tell me? You're not a doctor. You don't know if I have medical problems. And I feel like that's the way that most of the NBA players are. These guys are guys who go in through battle night in, night out. I'm, do these NBA players, do they... So when he says it needs to be medicinal, does this mean that, say, uh, say Kelly Oubre gets called marijuana system and he doesn't have a green card, he gets suspended, but because... Brandon Ingram went down to the sketchy clinic and, like, met with a doctor online and said he had, like, sleep terrors and gets his green card that he's okay to smoke weed. I like that in your example is Brandon Ingram. Like, one of the most innocent dudes, like, what is he, I don't know, he looks a little droopy-eyed today, I don't know. But he does, he's yeah, got he's got face, so. He's probably got a good family background. Yeah, I'm sure he's fine. He's a good, good kid. Good kid. Anyway. Not I think that people who smoke weed are bad kids. No, he's... David Stern's person promoting person. it. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, I think the thing about David Stern, though, Zebo, is like... tell me he's a bad guy. Well, I don't know him personally. I love Zebo. I will not have a bad word, so I'll edit out anything bad you say about Zebo. Apparently right he's mean. Well, well that's, that's not true. That is unconfirmed. <laughs> anyway, I think David Stern is like those ex-presidents, you know? It's like suddenly they seem cooler when they're out of office. They can kind of say whatever they want. Yeah. They have to wear a suit all the time. Yeah. It's like, you know, you see your principal after you graduate... Start- and he's like, oh, he's suddenly your best friend. It's like, yeah. Starts using YOLO. Yeah, starts using Lit 100 fam. And, like, that's his ringtone. His ringtone's, like, you know, little Crazy yachty. Frog? Yeah, Crazy Frog. <laughs> <laughs> he's cool. He's with it. What are you... What, <laughs> what are you, you the judge of? <laughs> yeah. uh, and number one, he is yet to be removed. He is... 
he could be the contender to just hold on to the spot for the rest of the, the season. And that's Frank the Tank Kaminsky. Also a Courage and Valor possible nominee because he is a gritty, hearty he dude. He definitely has grit. The, uh, he, he actually had a really good game today, too. Not We can't look past this because he actually had a really good game. And they destroyed Denver, who was another one of these these popular picks to be, make a splash this season. And they, they can't really defend anymore. And they don't have a true point guard. I They started, I believe they started uh, Murray with, did they start Gary Harris or Will Barton today? I'm not too sure. But neither are true point guards. And Frank Tank dropped, I think, 20 off the bench today. Or with Malik Monk. So for that reason, I'm going to give him number one spot in the MVP slash Alpha Power Rankings slash Delonte West always on top. Sponsored by the Kardashian game on, on iOS, on, yeah. on the App Store. Do you think we can get some of their sponsorship money? Yeah, I think that's a good, good cross-channel opportunity. Why not? Shout out Khloe Kardashian. Yeah, we get jacked with Khloe Kardashian. Yeah, there we go. Booty goals. <laughs> All right, and we're coming to our last segment here. It must be some kind of hot tub time machine. I took a little gander into the trade machine today, Turner, and I've just devised three three potential trades I see happening this season, and all too early, I just want to get your take on them. So I'll start with my first one, is I have a trade between the 76ers and the Suns, and in this trade I have Jalil Okafor and... Houston's 2018 second-round pick, or the Brooklyn 2018 second-round pick, going to Phoenix in in exchange for Tyson Chandler. What do you think? I mean... Do you want my rationale first? No, I don't care about rationale. I've never been a <laughs> lived on rationale. It's <laughs> insulting that you even suggest that rationale could be brought to the table. I mean, yeah, Julie Okafor is a guy that definitely needs a change of scenery, and I think that former number two overall pick, he obviously there's something coming out of, of college. Does he have the Anthony Bellet, Bennett? You know, he rolled out of bed, and he wasn't the most talented. Ben, dude Ben, bend and then break attitude. Yeah, well, it's like the Titans defense. You first you Whoa. break, first you break, and then you break again. <laughs> You're just trying to. It's stir just the, the break. Now. It's just the break defense. Oh my god! I if I have to watch another game, the Titans playing defense and just like, you know what's the worst bit about it is they they like friggin it'll be third and fourteen, two great plays and then why not let Deshaun Kaiser who was out partying until four a.m. the night before make a fifteen yard slant to Jiminy Cricket in the slot like it's ridiculous. Anyways, I think his real name is C.J. McConnell, but go on. <laughs> I think this is good for, in two ways. I think. There's no point in having Chan, uh, Tyson Chandler in Phoenix. First okay. of all, there's no point. If they they're already gone into blow it up mode, I know you want some kind of veteran leadership, but I, I I don't think there's any point. He is ripe to go to a team where he could be utilized properly. And when I looked around the league, teams that might be fringe players or even contenders, there was not really any fit for him. But I think he is perfect for the Sixers because. You have Embiid, who's not going to play back-to-backs, most likely, who's already shown today he gets into foul troubles now. He's still a young guy. I know he's going to be the greatest player of all time, and there will be statues built of him. But 
he's young, he makes mistakes, and he's injury prone. Having Chandler as that backup option, defensive, he's still good. Defensively, he's still going to be a rim runner. He's still going to constantly set screens for all these shooters they've got now. And even when they're both together, you play him off the bench and he just absorbs all of Amir Johnson's minutes. I think that's a perfect fit for the Sixers. For the Suns, I think they, they, they're doing this for another look at Okafor. And I think they're in the game of acquiring assets. And to be fair, I mean, Brooklyn's played pretty well. But if Brooklyn end up with, end up with that kind of around that fifth, sixth pick... When that's the 2018 second round pick, 34, 35, you can get a valuable player there. So, I don't know. I think you got a high second round pick and another shot at looking at Okavor. I know you have a bunch of young bigs that are horrible at defense, but why not add one more? Why not? I mean, I think that, yeah, I I just don't trust the Sun to do anything right, I guess you could say. Like, I don't, I don't really feel like confident in even them getting real assets at this point because I think they're just going to squander them like the the Suns might be the mantle of the NBA's worst run organization at the moment they are not drafting well they're not managing their players very well the only real player that has any sort of established NBA cred is wants out at least of a hair salon in Phoenix if not the whole city (laughs) so like I, I don't know it's just tough I Phoenix are going to have a tough time going forward right now. And if you're going to have a lot of high draft picks, you got to have good player development, and I think that's what they're missing. But then again, all the young guys are super young. Dragon Bender's young. Devin Booker's young. So you never know. All right, it's another Phoenix Sun trade. We have the Bledsoe thing is still lingering. The trade rumors are circling. Like a, like a sail fart in the night. It's definitely lingering. But, yeah, no one cares for it, really. But it's still there. Something's going to have to be dealt with here. It'll be interesting. It's a straight-up trade. No draft picks involved. None of that dilly-dallying. We have Kenneth Fareed and Moutier going to the Suns in exchange for Eric Bledsoe. Now, I'm doing this because the Nuggets get a known commodity in Bledsoe. They need a point guard. It's clear as they like to see. I think he could be good defensively for them. I think he perfectly just fits in with that offense. It's just, they need it. They, they cannot keep playing with Jamal Murray, who's predominantly a shooter, and Gary Harris as your ball handlers. They're good players, but it's just it's just ridiculous to put them in that kind of situation and put the whole offense around Jokic. It's, it's too much to do that every possession. For the Suns, maybe they can get, maybe they can get Denver's 2018 second rounder as well, which is, well, it's Golden State's 28 second rounder, sorry. I think you get another young prospect in Moutier. I, I'm not selling all my stocks on Moutier. I'd rather have him than Okafor, personally. And the Far- Farid, you, you're really taking on that Farid contract to kind of even up the even up the contracts in the trade. But still, he's useful there. I If you're going full tank, maybe it's not worthwhile. But I, I'm not really putting any focus on that. I think you get another asset with a second rounder, and you get a chance to look at Moutier. Maybe you can play alongside Booker. What makes me nervous is that Marquise Chris is going to look at Kenneth for me like, oh, I can do that. I can make an NBA career out of that. And then that's all he becomes. Like, I think he'd be like, that oh, be that's cool. me. It's like that Spider-Man meme where they're looking at each other and pointing their fingers. 
that's that what would I be look a like great trajectory for. That would be a right great now. YouTube series. It's like, oh, I'm Marquise Chris. I'm Kenneth Freed, and being Kenneth Freed, would it be like being John Malkovich? It, we're the same, and then you just give thumbs up to the camera. Well, if Marquise Chris ends up like Kenneth Freed, that would be considered a success for the way his career is going right now, because the man just likes to foul and not play defense. I think it, that's the worst combination I think you can have: is not play defense, but also enjoy taking fouls. Yeah, taking fouls is good in certain situations, like when you want to make a statement or at the end of a game. If you want to win the Courage and Valor Award. Yeah, or podcast. if you want to slide it underneath Kawhi's ankles when he's taking a jump shot. Whoa, well that that is not courageous whatsoever. Or valorious. I mean, if you're Justin Petrullia did. But I think to make that trade happen, you probably need to add a, a, a higher draft pick. I think, I don't see what the Suns are getting out of that. Okay, fair enough. My last one, we've got a blockbuster. Okay. Not a blockbuster, but I think you're going to be excited because we got your Raptors involved here. Everything that Blockbuster on the same usually does well, so I'm excited. <laughs> I have a three-team trade between the Raptors, the Heat, and the New York Knicks. The Knicks are a known trade partner of the Raptors, so yes. I'm excited for this. And the reason I kind of looked at it originally from the Raptors' perspective and then tried to fix things in and out to make it suit them. So maybe it's a little biased towards them. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I'll get your take. But this kind of ties into what my article that I'm writing is going to be out on Friday is about. And it's kind of oh, around... Where can you read that article? You can read it on my Medium profile, medium.com slash Adam McQueen, and on the West Coast Post-Up blog on Medium. And it's talking about the death of the four, the death of the power forward. They're no longer... They're no longer useful they for all it, it still says power forward on the on the on the box score and in the starting line but really we're playing with uh, we're playing with two swing wingmen now and for that reason i think the raptors if they really really want to keep building and they've decided they're not going to blow up which is a good decision all things considered i think that you've invested money into Ibaka and you've got to start using him as the five. You cannot have Ibaka as your four. I think though that tonight showed the Warriors game as well as the Spurs game. They are, they are hard for rebounds when they don't have a five on the floor. And you know, shout out Jakob Pertl for his performance tonight. Yeah. I love the way he played. I love the way Dylan Wright's playing. Like these are two young guys that really pick up the second unit and. I, they had a back. They had a Baca starting in the five today with Siakam, and Siakam had a good game, but they just they they don't get rebounds when they don't have a five on the floor. It's it's a fair point, but at the same time, do you want to invest three years, fifteen million into Jonas Valanciunas? And let me get to my trade now. This is why, if the Raptors want to keep playing this style where they're fast paced, for I'm you playing this, you you're spreading the offense out. Shotgun, four wide receivers. You have a, a buck in the middle and wings around him. And you're trading Valanciunas to the Knicks. Along with your 2019 first round first rounder unprotected. Our 2019 first rounder. Yeah. Okay. The Raptors have no 2018s to give up. Okay. And then the Heat are getting Courtney Lee from the Knicks. Who would be a useful player for them. And they're also getting Willie Hernan Gilmas, who inexplicably is not getting minutes for the Knicks. I don't know what's going on there, but he is a good player. That's a strange one. And they're also going to get the Raps 2020 second rounder. Okay. Wow. We're giving a lot, a lot here. And in exchange, the Raptors are getting Wayne Ellington, 
an, a, a good score, but at the same time, he's only got one year on the books. And then you're also getting Justice Winslow. Because a lot of this hinges on me believing in Justice Winslow. And I think it's time for him to change scenery. And I think, I genuinely think he could be a great fit for the Raptors. I think for the level of asset that we're giving up here, I don't think it makes sense. Like, I think Jonas Valanciunas is, without a doubt, our starting five. And we're giving out two draft picks here. And what I think is, like, maybe a year ago this would make sense for the Raptors, but we just drafted OG and Anobi with our first-round draft pick this year. And to be fair, he has had... I mean, he's a rookie. He's up and down. But I see a lot of pro- promise with OG and Anobi. And I think... I mean, I'm really concerned by the development of Justice Winslow. He has not panned out to nearly the degree that a lot of people expected him to be. Falling falling to 10 was a steal by the Heat at the time, as it was regarded. But I don't know. I mean, why not take another swing with uh, with OG and, and see where it ends up? He's three games back. He's three games back from injury. Sure. His shooting is still questionable, which is a problem for the Raptors. But it, if he can get that... If he can get that shot down, I think he is another just versatile wing defender that can switch on the perimeter for them and can also provide slash and kick opportunities. And I, for me, I know we differ on jo- Jones Valanciunas, but if they want to keep building, be strong, and also build in the future, I don't think you can have his contract on the books. I don't think, I don't think you're you're making inroads with him as your starting five and Ibaka next him at the four. I think that the time to trade Jonas Valanciunas, if Masai Ujiri was going to do that, has probably passed. Although I wouldn't be surprised if he does trade him at some point. I think that, I mean, the thing that concerns me about Justice Winslow is if he's a big asset you're getting back, he's not, I mean, he's getting a lot of minutes taken up by James Johnson right now. And James Johnson, I mean, I love James Johnson when he was on the Raptors two years ago, but he has some severe limitations. And he is good for some huge dunks, but... I don't know. I mean, I don't have that much confidence in Justice Winslow. I think if the Heat, the Heat probably missed their their prime trading point as well. I could see this deal maybe happening a year ago, um, but I just think with Justice Winslow being that far along with the injury, I think it's gonna be tough for them to even yeah. that asset. Now. It's a lot to give up for the Raptors, and the Knicks are. I mean, the Knicks are the Knicks, but if they were logical, they're not gonna absorb that contract unless they're getting a draft pick. So I would probably look at someone maybe like a Rob Hannigan or Brian Colangelo to make this trade with. <laughs> I think they could be more than willing to do it. Like I don't know. It's just crazy what the level of GMs are like and some of the decisions to get made, but hey, I'm only the GM of my two K franchise, so well, right. we're doing pretty well. Yeah. Lakers. NBA champions, right? Exactly. Lakers NBA champions, don't at me. And you have a new car in that game too? Yeah, well, I live out my whole fantasy life in NBA 2K, so... Yeah. I'm know, actually homeless, though. <laughs> but at least it's more like LSD trips instead of an actual video game. <laughs> <laughs> all right, on that note, we are we are done here. My trades, I think they're all going to go through. We will be back Friday to, to discuss the big games that happen then. And in the meantime... Keep a, keep a lookout for my article. My post should be up Friday morning. And it, we've, I've already given you a little teaser on that. But that will be up on medium.com slash Adam McQueen. And that's all for us. Good night, sports fans. A good amount to me. Like I said, there's different amounts. How many? Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Why I would never wear a big baller shirt. No, I didn't Don't say that. Don't talk to me, but I heard you say I'm not even wearing it.
Let me tell you something. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane.